Welcome to the Honor Roll Insurance Podcast. This is a podcast of the Toscano Agency, which by the way, was founded on Bill Toscano's porch over 50 years ago. The front porch is a strange place to start a business. It's because his wife would not let him use the dining room. Smart lady. We're still family owned, operated and friendly here at the Toscano Agency. You can check out Bill Toscano's front porch where it all began um, at toscano.com. So make sure you take a look. We do have solutions for all types of risks here at Toscano. Let us become your second first choice when you don't have a home for a risk. Today, we're talking about the importance of prospecting and niche development. I'm also teaching a class on this on the 6th of April at 11 o'clock. Make sure you register for our webinars at toscano.com forward slash webinars. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Good morning, Dana. It's been a little. How are you? I know. Good morning, Nicole. Hanging in there. How are you doing? Good. So exciting things. I feel like I'm on tour. We're back in agents' offices physically visiting. It's been a little bit. That's um, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's nice to be out. It feels more, and I hate to put it this way, but it feels like things are more normal than they've been in a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we rock our virtual visits. You know, we connect with people in a couple of different ways. We do our webinars. We do our CE classes and then one-on-one meetings which is great, but it is just nice to be back in agents' offices and people are excited to see us. So yeah, it's been great. Um, I've been taking our newest marketing rep, Kelly Swanger, out and introducing her to people. So I know there's some folks listening to this who I actually visited the past couple of weeks. So thanks for letting us in your office, guys. Yeah, Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, it is. I love the normalcy coming back. I know that sounds so surreal, but you know, uh, Annie and I, my my coworker in the transportation department, we went and actually visited a company last week. And the engagement, like you said, it's we've done so many Zoom meetings with all these companies, and it's fantastic. It's still a great way, but it was it was another time. Like I was like, oh my gosh, it's all back to normal. This is fantastic, and we had so much fun interacting with everybody there. Just even going to the airports and seeing all the people, <laughs> I'm like, the chaos is back. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the good with the bad, but <laughs> it, was, it was a fantastic visit and it was just so great to engage with all of them and actually have a, a physical training. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It did really, it was a wonderful time. So I'm glad you're back in those offices and mm-hmm. it's going to be great to see everyone, you know, again, face to face. Humans human interaction. For sure. And, you know, part of what we're talking about today is prospecting and niche development. And, you know, I was with, you know, more than a dozen agencies in the past few days. And the thing that's so interesting and unique, and Dana, I, I know you know this from your experience, every agency is a little different. Every independent agency, especially, is a little different. You know, they all find that little spot they do super well in and they stay the course and they learn as much as they possibly can and they make that their niche and then they prospect to those people. For instance, the one agency um, recently just had a merger acquisition. The original principal who started it from ground up decided to retire. What a thought. Okay. So he retired and um, this other agency purchased him and the same staff stayed on. I'm sharing this because I never even knew this, but this is so interesting. The way he got started and kept the lights on at the agency is he had a friend who was an optometrist. 
talked to the optometrist. The optometrist was like, I want you to take care of me. You do my home, you do my auto, you do my umbrella, you do my camper. I want you to make sure you help me with this piece too. From that little seed that was planted after he wrote his commercial accounts, then he was introduced to someone else. Then he started going to the optometrist networking events. Then he was asked to become the person for Pennsylvania for all of these optometrists in this association. So every single person who graduated from optometry school came to him right away. He was on the list. Da, 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 da. He has over 600 of them in Pennsylvania. And wow. still to this day, this is what they focus on. This is how they branched out. So I hear all the time agencies say to me, I'm a generalist. I'm a generalist. I'm a generalist. I get it. We have to be to a point. But when you really take the time to develop a niche and then prospect to that niche, the world just opens up. It really does. Mm -hmm. So I know in the beginning, especially when you're a startup agency, you got to keep the lights on. You got to pay the bills. You got to make your payroll. I understand that. We all have to have that base, that foundation. But once you get to the point where, okay, you know, my doors aren't closing tomorrow. What is it that I really like to work on? What do I have strong partners with carriers for specific things that I can focus on? What makes me different than the guy down the street? And don't tell me it's customer service. That's a piece of it, but that's not the whole thing. So mm -hmm. Dana, you've worked for a captive agency and you've worked for an independent. Did you have any specific niche that that agency focused on and built on? Um, My first one, no, because I, I shouldn't say no. I think by the time I got to him, he had done so much of the old school, you know, literally knocking on doors, mm -hmm. building his brand, getting his name known in the community and then relatives and referrals and things. So he was yeah. well set in his path once I got there. My other um, agency I worked for, like similarly to what the example you just had, it was a husband and wife and they both were parts of different business networks. She did a female type of one and he did other networking with some other, um, he had a lot of friends through golf and then he had different ones through financing, just different niches that he had. So he had a lot of those networkings and they both had a lot of that in place. I think that helped bring that into, mm. um, into the office that helped reach out. And they were very active in a lot of things in their community between their churches and, and their activities. And they, um, I know uh, his wife grew up and family all grew up in that area and their kids went there. So their networking was very, very broad and they were very able to touch a lot of people and get a lot of people that way because I know I didn't work very far from there, but I was still 20, 25 minutes outside of there where people didn't really know who I was. So mm -hmm. I gained a lot from their notoriety, if that makes sense. So oh, yeah. Kind of focused on their their people there. If you're talking just on the marketing side, finding mm -hmm. how they the niche there, you know. Right. So that's where a lot of their clientele um came from um, obviously other than what they might have gained at the beginning but yeah they they grew it based off that information are those people that kind of outreach right so we all have home and auto we all have mouths to feed when it comes to carriers and every carrier wants you know the most perfect or like a tradesman contractor or these squeaky clean risks that fit in this this teeny tiny little spot and i get it um but I like taking the approach, and everyone told me this wouldn't work when I had my agency, and they were wrong, but that's okay. The classic approach is write the home and auto, and then start to build from there and try to get commercial business, and da 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 I get it. 
I took the approach. I had a friend who was a real estate investor when I first got into the insurance industry in the very, well, it was 2000, 2003. Okay. Um, and they were a close friend of mine. They had um, a client who was buying distressed properties, flipping them, selling them, flipping them, renting them, gave me a referral for this person, started working with them, started writing dwelling fire policies, vacants under renovations, and then moving into landlord policies. Then I wrote them an umbrella. Then I did their home and auto, blah, 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 blah. Go through the whole thing. Long story short, they were part of a huge real estate investors group, like a property management type of a company too. So I started going and speaking at those events. Long story short, that's how my agency started. I developed all those relationships. I built the carrier relationships that I needed to be able to service and write these policies, actually return people's phone calls, followed through on the things I said I was going to do, and Chase Insurance was born. That's how I did it. And I did it for 10 years before I sold it. I only sold it because I got divorced, just so everyone knows. It was very, very successful. But developing that niche and then branching out from, you know, I took the time to really research and find the solutions for these people and made myself an expert. You can't go into developing a niche if you don't take the time to learn yourself. You know, it's not just about the sale. You really have to have the understanding of what's going on so you can find the right carrier so you can you know get everything mm-hmm. lined up and that's not always going to be standard carriers now i know obviously this is a Toscano podcast we can insure anything practically and we have lots and lots of options for folks you need to make sure you've got solutions for not just the perfect account that's going to come through too so doing your homework and developing that now dana when you worked for the captive agency was that difficult because you probably had yes. to turn a lot away yeah, it was very difficult. I mean, because it was a mutual company for the most part. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We had some a standard, but again, it's still not surplus lines in any means. Right. Um, but that, on the auto side and we, in the fire, we had some fair plan access to, you know, mm-hmm. and um, everything like that. But yeah, so it, it was a little bit di- more difficult. Um, but I mean, I if you want to branch off the niche, I mean, my question to you is so... Obviously, that sounds like it was a, a big backbone of your company, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you know, like you said, kept the lights on. Mm-hmm. So, whenever it came to you know you developing your staff and things like that, did you keep that as more your niche? Hey, the commercial side of the these buildings, I'm going to go ahead. I still want to be involved within that, but if I pivot to like if we get homeowners and auto, not that you weren't good at doing it or you couldn't do it, did you have somebody else there that helped take that over? How did you in your office end up maybe helping others because have a different niche? Or did you actually yeah. pass it off to somebody and say, you know what, I need somebody else to help me with my with this niche too? You know what I mean? Right. So I did this the harder commercial risks as we started to develop, but um Honestly, there was so much business coming in. We were just in survival mode, which is a great problem to have. But if anybody's familiar with American Modern, which is a carrier we have here at Toscano, I grew my American Modern book to $4 million in two years just with dwelling fire policies. So you know how much touching that is. However, that was just the first policy because then I was writing their home and auto. Most of these people had other businesses. So I was writing that commercial piece and then umbrellas on top of it and everything else in between. So what I wound up doing is quickly training my staff to support the entire account. Okay, I'm Mm going to quote this piece. You're going to quote that piece. 
you're going to service this piece. I'm going to do the proposal and sell it to the insured. And that's how we attacked it. Um, and then my gals did a lot of the service work behind it because when you've got real estate investors, the occupancy is always changing, the refinancing, there's mortgagee changes, all of that stuff. So there's a lot of service work that comes along with it. But I found that service work really allowed us to be like the shining star because we got it done quickly. We paid attention. It wasn't you know, something that was annoying to us. I know that service work for this type of risk can seem to be annoying to folks because you have to touch it a lot. However, that allowed us to prove ourselves to the client and the mortgage carrier. So we actually started getting leads from the mortgage company as they've got people coming in to settle because they knew we serviced the accounts properly and got them what they needed. So it was just a really great scenario. So if you can find that special little thing, train your staff, have everything set up, like, yeah, watch out world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I mean, I when I came in this very tiny agency, like you said, you end up kind of getting thrown at everything's being thrown at you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, in the end, I had I had a more of a niche, and you know, my one agent was taking on certain risks and things. But um, but that's a fascinating way, and how a lot of these like you did and a lot of just any of these agencies that got started, there's usually a very good story behind it and how they really, what really pushed them to the next level. Like you said, to keep the doors open and even to expand it even Mm -hmm. more, you know what I mean? And I think the bigger, more you grow, the easier it is to get other people, other staff and coworkers for you that can build in the niches underneath you too, Mm -hmm. because there's just so much more opportunity there. And the service work, you learn so much too. Mm -hmm. That's the other side that people, you know, don't ever discredit the service because those people keep the, they keep it going. And actually I'm telling you, I'd swear I'd learn more sometimes starting there Mm -hmm. than anything. Absolutely. And that's through your, your baseline for customer serviceability to learn how to talk to customers, to learn what coverages are and you know, how that all works. A CSR, I'm sorry, that's the backbone of Uh any agency Mm -hmm. is the CSR. Like, um, they deserve just as much credit as the actual producer and principal because they are the folks who are the voice of the agency. So exactly. super important, really important. And, you know, I had um, several staff through the years, but, um, you know, and most of them were entry level as well. So it was nice because you got to mold them and teach them. And when I first started the agency, it was in my basement. I had a really nice finished basement, which had, it was a split level. So there was a couple different levels in the basement, steps up and tiers and stuff. But um, I got to the point where it's being so squishy when I hired this last person. I'm like, you're going to have to sit like at the desk right behind me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to hear me talk all day. That was the best training that ever happened to her. And now she's an assistant underwriter here in the professional lines team. So like that was really great for her. And then she moved into getting her license, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, that really worked out well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we say about being in people's um, agencies, offices and, you know, seeing staff in person. So most of my team is, is virtual at this point in time. However, you know, it's great because we can do virtual trainings and stuff, but there is something that is missed without sitting next to somebody and hearing them throughout the day or, you know, watching them in the moment through those conversations and stuff. So I will say I do miss that. I do because it's a big part of the whole thing. It is, but you know, it is, it is is. the marketing piece to all of this. Of course, I'm the marketing director here. I'm kind of passionate about it. 
the marketing piece is important. And, you know, yes, networking is good, but you also have to market yourself. But the most important thing to remember is you have to market yourself in a way that holds value to the client. So it's not all about you, it's about them. So instead of me just filling my website, you know, with, oh, I'm so great at this and, oh, I'm so great at that, it shouldn't be necessarily about you. It should be more about the solutions you have for people. When I went out and I did uh, public speaking for these events, I had three events a week that I'd be in front of new prospects. And I'd get up there and I would teach them about the insurance they needed for the project they were doing versus, hey, I'm so good at this, that, and the other thing. And this is why you need to call me. It was, hey, I know you're going to be doing this kind of work and you're going to be working with this contractor or whatever. You want to make sure you get their certificate of insurance so you know that they have insurance in case something goes south. Here's what it'll look like. Have yourself listed it. I gave them resources, information to help them be successful. And guess what happened? They're like, oh, yeah, we need to work with Nicole. We need to work with Chase. So you market to people the way they want to be marketed to. You have to share something that's of value to them. And that's not always necessarily your product. You talk right. about your service. You talk about your expertise in the area and give them tools that are going to help them to make good choices and be successful in their endeavor. And that is really powerful. Well, in the deep root of it, you still are selling yourself without doing it because then they know right. that you're the go-to person. Hey, she knows what she's talking about. She's going to make sure this is getting done and this is getting done correctly because of the products she has to offer and the knowledge she has behind it without being, like you said, so self-driven, mm -hmm. you sold yourself <laughs> in right. a different way. You know what I mean? It's such yeah. a great way of doing it and marketing and that's fantastic. I think that's the best way you're to sell anything you're doing, any product, right. any, anything in any scheme. Definitely. And, you know, people know when you're fake. So mm -hmm. I'm a very passionate person. If I'm talking about something, I can get a little bit carried away because I care so much about it and I'm passionate about it. But that's like contagious. People like that. If you're up there in your monotone or when you're talking to customers, you don't sound excited. You're not getting their attention. You're not fully no engaged. Right. There's no engagement. So if you're trying to develop a niche and you don't know what this is going to be, think about accounts you've worked on that you were excited about, or maybe something that's your hobby that you're interested in. That's the cool thing about this industry. There's so much opportunity to focus on something that's interesting to you. Mine just happened to be real estate. My mother was a realtor for years. Like I was really interested in that. I thought it was cool. I loved it when they were demoing properties and that kind of stuff was interesting to me. I also wrote a lot of wineries. I'm a bit of a wino. Everyone knows now <laughs> I love wine. So um, that was something that was really interesting to me. And that was something that I focused on too, as I developed in the agency, but you can find something that interests you and then make that your niche. And you probably have more connections if it's a hobby of yours, you're already involved, it's easy to network then. So right. these are things to think about. But I can't stress enough to make sure you take the time to become the expert, understand everything that goes on with whatever the niches you're doing, and then find the carriers that can support what you're trying to do. That's the third piece. Like That's true. Yeah. You can't do it if you don't have the support to do it. If you only have one carrier and it has to be absolutely perfect, you're probably going to struggle. You need mm -hmm. to have a couple, a couple folks to back you up with what you're doing. So right, I think right. it's, it's a great thing. And with how much competition there is in the insurance industry right now, 
it is time to develop a niche. Otherwise, your lights may not just stay on moving forward. There's so much change. We know it's a hard market. Everybody and their brother's looking for a better price right now, which really has allowed the independent insurance agent to shine. Like all the folks with captives, they they don't have any options for them. They're just, Mm-mm. they're bleeding. They're, they're running out the door and they're coming to the independent agent because you've got options. So now is really the time to be shining and developing these things and, and taking the time to do so. So I'm a fan of the hard market. If yes. I am a fan <laughs> of the hard market. I'm for the challenge. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Well, them. when it's a soft market, you know, everybody and their brother has a low rate. So there's a lot That's more true. competition then. So um, hard market, definitely time for the independent agents to shine. So guys, get your tool belts on, do your homework, Let's go to work, develop in your niche. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great well, Nicole. Dana, thanks for taking the time to talk today. I know you're super busy these days. Oh, you too. <laughs> our trucking team is working on a lot of risks that no one else wants right now. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yes. <laughs> That's okay. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's part of our job. But uh, thanks, Nicole. I appreciate it. It's good to talk to everyone. Have a great day. Thanks. And I'm on the roll. 